I'm not even going to attempt the scream. You're I'm not even going to do it. No, because... Ah! I'll be Justin's not here. And it's just me. It's just Scott. And with my good special friend, Daryl Graham, today. What's going on, man? Welcome. No video today. It's a little different. Awesome. awesome. And it's just me and Daryl. It's an intimate podcast. That's right, man. Let's get mm. closer, baby. <laughs> Man, you always cutting up, man. I try. Hey, that's I the try. best way to be, man. Laughter is the best medicine, yeah. man. By the way, and now that I hear myself, I do. I sound like I feel like I'm on NPR. Like, hi, welcome. We have Daryl Graham on the podcast Ooh, today. You better stop it, though. What, what that <laughs> man be... name is, though, Mister Rogers? Don't <laughs> oh, fall asleep. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm so glad you're here. You were here once, yes, sir. But now you're back. That podcast didn't air. I'm glad, man. Yeah, we're gonna redo it. Let's a do it redo. Then. Let's make it hell. Yeah. So, so Daryl, let's go into a little bit of your history, a little bit of your your backstory, your backstage. When did you When did you start coming to Simple Church? Man, honestly, I think me me and the family started coming around like 2009. Really? 2009, 2008. Wow, I didn't realize you'd been here that long. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time, man. I think I was. I ain't gonna say one of the first ones. I might straggle in a little bit later than others, but we made it. What 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 brought you to Simple Church? Actually, man, uh, we left one church and we were really trying to find our way, man. More being accepted around, but I knew Justin from First Bowser, and I knew he was a good dude. So that was actually he was a great speaker, man. So that's what actually brought us over there, and we had built a relationship over at First Bowser too. So. I consider him his family, so. Yeah, but but you said you were you, you were looking for somewhere you were accepted. Did you f- not feel accepted, or? Well, I got a mixed family, so uh. sometimes in Bozier City or around this area, man, it, you know, that's kind of frowned upon. Uh, okay. So it was more I got like you. somebody that accept me and my family, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what I mean. Or, I know what you mean. Excuse me. I don't know what I mean. You understand what I'm saying, man. <laughs> yeah, Cut I know. it out, man. <laughs> So you started in 2009. Yes, sir. So, and then you've been with us ever since. And then, and you volunteer, you're a greeter. Yes, sir. How long have you been a greeter? Since like 2000, maybe 2010. Really? Yeah. Well, I think we started over at, uh, right here on Airline, at, uh, at the cinema. Yeah. Regal 9? Regal 9, that's it. See how long that been? Wow. You started in the Regal 9 days. Yeah, me... Mr. Mike, I don't know his last name, but Mr. Mike, that was my uh, that was my greeting partner, him and Miss <laughs> Kathy, and then we go down and do the breakdown, or set up and tell after church was over and stuff like that. So wow, I had no idea. It was awesome, man. I loved it. Yeah. 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 I used to run the card from the boardwalk to the um to the Regal Nine campus. That was what I did. Oh, you was on the move. I would. Pr- yeah. I would I really tried to be something everywhere, man. I worked out there with Bruce for a little while, you know, picking up signs, setting up signs, pulling them down, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I really got, I think I got to know you through your son Dez, though, when he started up in the middle school department, because at that time I was a middle school leader. Right, right. Yeah. So that's when you and I formed a relationship. And Dez liked you pretty good, man. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, you, you was one of his partners, man. <laughs> he was fun. You always cutting up, bro. Yeah, yeah. I loved Dez. He was great. I should have brought him, man. Ah, it's okay. He'd be running his mouth anyway. I know how you do. <laughs> so, 
So did you did you grow up though in Bozier or? No, I actually grew up in Shreveport, man. Uh, we kind of moved around a lot. And I think uh, I actually ended up in Bozier when I was around 14 to 15 years old. Just Was it just you were just moving and y'all just moved to Bozier? Or? No, nah, well, you know, I came from a broken home anyway, so it was just me and my mom. So she did the best that she could, man, you know, raising me and my brother. So, like I said, we moved around a lot, man. We moved around a lot. So, and then from 14 on, you've been in Bozier? I've been, I've been in Bozier ever since. And have you enjoyed it? I mean, it has its ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> it has its ups and downs, man, but it's a challenge, man. Yeah. And then you're married now? Yes, sir. 17 years, man. 17 years? Yeah, man. Been one of 23 years, man. Wow. Yeah, that's my, that's my baby, man. Yeah, well, I always call her the wrong name too. Well, she she know you, <laughs> <laughs> Shelly. And what else you just call? I, I what did what did I call her? Sandra or everything but Shelly. Pam, I think. Like, yeah, this guy must don't know my name. I didn't. I normally I just be like, hey, you. <laughs> good to see you. You cutting up, man. Yeah, and then your daughter. You have you have son Des, and you have daughter Samaya. That's, now that's my heart right there, man. Yeah, she's beautiful. Mm, old fatty hat. Yep. She's funny. Yeah, she is. She tried to be. She get it from my daddy, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then, so you've been with Simple Church for a really long time. It's been a while. I, I want to say right at 12 years. Yeah, yeah, well, right yeah. Right at 12 years. Yeah, we've been around since 08, so this is our 13th year. So if you've been here since 2009, yeah. It's been a while. Wow. I love it, man. Yeah. I love the people. I love the atmosphere. I love the staff. I ain't just saying it, man. Good people, no, man. No, you, you can like just say it. Up. It's okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, so going back to something you mentioned earlier, you come from, you have a mixed family. I just so you that. are you are black, and your wife is white. Yes, it. My kids mixed. Yeah. So tree is soft. Of course, I'm gonna tread softly. No, I love your kids. Well, I know you do, Scott. Yeah. You know I'm picking on you, man. But but with that, I mean, have you have you what have you experienced as far as having a mixed family? What has that been like for you? Has it always has it been has it always been difficult? Has it been good? And then what has that experience been like in the church? It's been honestly, man. Like I say. It has its ups and downs, man. And like I said, we catch hell on, really, really on both sides, from whites and blacks. You know what I mean? Some accept us, some don't. Some look at the screen, some don't. You might go to some church and they look at you crazy because you're a mixed family. You know, sometimes they just frown upon. Like it has its ups and it has its downs. You know what I mean? I don't know if you. No, cause yeah, I mean I don't, but I I'm trying to understand. Well, some well sometimes, well, man. People look at your strengths. Like if you go in a restaurant, it might take you 30 minutes just to be acknowledged to get something to drink. And versus me and Dez might go in there. We might get, you know, service. But if me and Shelly go in there, it might take a while. Really? You know what I'm saying? Wow. Oh, yeah. It's real. And that's right here. Yeah, it's right here. Street Port Bowls. Wow. That's crazy to me. It's crazy, but it's sad, man, at the same time. Yeah, and so I get, and that has to affect you personally. Yeah, it do, Scott, man, but 
if I dwell too much on it, man, then I have hatred in my heart. You see what I'm saying? I I just can't sit back and fuel, fuel throw gas on the fire because if, if I sit back and let that bother me, I turn around and be just as ugly and bitter as the next person. And that ain't how I'm built. That ain't how I want to be. That ain't how I was raised. Right. And so your your mother, like, was she, like, she was a positive influence in your life, so she wanted you to be diverse? Well, in my household, man, as a as being young, we didn't really talk about being diverse or black and white. It was more like treat people how you want to be treated. You respect all. <clears throat> we didn't really talk about color. You know what I mean? Honestly, I I never knew anything about race. I ain't gonna say I never knew anything about racism, but it was never presented to me like that. Not in my not in my household and my family, not from my grandma or my aunties, my uncles, my dad, my mom, or none of that. I ain't gonna say it wasn't accepted. We ain't never talk about racism. We knew when I found out honestly when I found out about racism when I moved to Bose. When I got Older. I'm sorry, man, but I'm just telling you the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when you a kid, man, it's easy for somebody to tell you something for you to believe it, or it's easy for you just to not see things because you're not knowing. But as you get older, you start seeing things and you start understanding things. You start seeing things for what it is. You know what I'm saying? You can easily see a person on this side and see a person on this side, and you can see the person make a a difference between a person. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And this, but in my house, man, it wasn't. It really wasn't talked about. That's interesting. Like, it wasn't talked about. I mean, we knew it was there, but it it just wasn't. It wasn't talked about. It and it wasn't accepted. I look at you for who you are, not because you white. I know you white. What about fat? I know you kind of heavy. <laughs> you know what I mean? What say you're fat? I know you're kind of heavy, baby. You know, slim, trimmed a little bit, though. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. I see. Yeah, I'll be nose turned to the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you really, you really didn't, I guess, experience racism. I guess until you came to Bozier. Until I moved to Bozier. Wow. And it wasn't like all in your face, like you know what I'm saying, like right. people calling me out my name or doing this right there. It was just more like. You can see the, like in school, you can see the division. Kids might be on this side and kids on this side, but you can actually see it, man. If you if you got eyes, you can see it. What year was that? Ooh, Sky, you taking me back, man. <laughs> Sky, you made me forget all of it. Like the eighties. Yeah, late eighties. Late eighties. See that blows my mind. Late eighties. Because I would, I, I would think by that point it would have been much better. Nah, man, and no. It's like, <clears throat> say you have a child, and you don't like a certain person. So when you sitting at home, you talking bad about a certain race of people, or, or you, you know, you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So as you you sit down, you talking your child. He might be smiling, but he listening to everything you say and all your actions. So when he step outside and he go to school, who he going to betray? So the same negativity thing that you saying, when that little child come to school, he going to say the same thing. 
You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, what, what basically you were saying was is, is how how the the parents are bringing up the children, and, and then that affects. So it's generational. That's right. It's, yeah. It trinkles dying. If I talk negativity all day and my children listen to me and they grow up, they're going to talk negativity all day. So when they go to school, who do you think they're going to hang around? They're going to hang around somebody that that's negative, just like them. Right. You know what I'm saying? If it's black or if it's white. I'm going to gravitate to that person that I feel comfortable with. So if I'm talking negative, my child going to do the same thing. So when they go to school, they're going to find somebody else who's saying the same thing and they're going to hang around that same person. So that's how them little clicks form. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how we keep it going. I say everything stored at home, man. If I sit down and talk to my kids and, and, and tell them the do's and the don'ts, the rights and the wrong, they gonna come up and do the same thing. But if if I'm if I'm pushing negativity, they gonna they gonna talk negativity too. So I, I want something better for them as well. You know what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. So speaking of your kids what is important for you to pass on to them? Man, integrity, respect. And most important, man, treat people how you want to be treated, man. If you want to be treated like trash, man, you can guarantee they're going to treat you like trash. If you treat people wrong, it's going to come back to you, man, full circle, man. And that's what I, I want my kids to understand, man. Love yourself first, man, because if you can love yourself, you'll be able to love somebody else, man. If you have respect for yourself, you'll be able to respect the next person. Uh, that racism stuff, it don't fly in my house. Like I say, I'm black, my wife mixed. I mean, my wife white and my kids mixed. So it's zero tolerance in the house for that period, man. You respect you respect who respect you. Right. But you give respect first, man. Right. And, and, and that's how it is. Yeah, because you you have not always been perfect. No, not at all, man. I done fell down above my yeah. head a, a few yeah, times. Yeah, a few times. Yeah, before I woke up, I was... I was a little, I was a hellraiser too at one point of time. But I, you want to say something else? <laughs> I had I had to learn. I had to push push them old ways aside, man, and become a a young black man. So I'm curious, just because I'm curious. Talk to me. What made you say choose that? Because I mean, if if you don't mind, mm-hmm. you you did spend a little time in prison. Yes, I did. What was it? Was it just circumstance, or was it just were you hanging out with the wrong people, or is it just something that, like, what what led you down that path? My honestly, man, just stupidity, just being young, being a follower, and just being lost and not knowing. I gotta break it down to you, man. Break it down. I told you I want you to be open. Don't like, hold back. My f- and I say whatever comes to your mind. It was self to me it was to me it was self inflicted. You know what I mean? I I can't say the police did this to me or they did that because honestly I, I put myself in jail, you know what I'm saying, behind my action. I know right from wrong, I know the things that I was doing I shouldn't have did. But my last time I went I can actually justify, but it still two wrongs don't make it right. I'm on a job. I've been at this job for maybe three years. They tell you how good you are, how great of a guy you are, how valuable you are to the, to the company. So they give, you a, they give you a position. So your son gets out of jail, fresh out of jail, on an armed robbery charge. You bring him to me, ask me to train. I teach you everything I know. 
show you everything I know. All right. After I teach you and you catch on and you learn everything, you come to me and you tell me, hey, we, we want to take, take this job from you and give it to the guy you just trained. And we want to demote you. How would you feel? Pretty crappy. Okay, then. So, now I'm telling this. This don't justify why I did what I did. But being angry, angry and aggravated, and you want to lash out, but you lash out one way, but you lash out the dumb way. You know what I'm saying? To risk your freedom and everything. And that's pretty much what happened to me, man. And it was on some, some black and white, man. Like, honestly. I ain't saying that what I did was right because it wasn't right. But at the same time, I feel like you wronged me and you know you was wrong by doing what you did. So I had to get you back one way. You see what I'm saying? And I think that's how I end up falling in that situation. So it was really my fault. I can't put the blame on nobody, man, because it was, it was all on me and my, my stupidity. It was all my fault, man. <laughs> But so so in that, then from that experience, what do you what do you try to teach your kids? And and others for that matter. Man, honestly, because we talked about this at dinner, and it even made you a bit emotional. Yeah, because one thing, uh, Scott, man, I came up in a rough part of the neighborhood, or a rough area of the neighborhood over in Shreveport, man. Pretty much damn the all of them. Just being young and not knowing and not understanding. But as you get older, it's like all my teachings was coming back to me. Like sitting in the jail, man, sitting sitting in prison, sitting back in the bunk, and you see all this extracurricular activity going on. But you have a family out there. So at the same time, you're telling yourself, man, hey, man, you actually got to change the way that you live. Actually, man, I was in Lake Providence, and I was laying on my rack, Scott, and God actually, and people say God speak to him, I ain't gonna say he just jumped down and sat next to me and say, hey, Daryl, this is what you need to do. But I can, <laughs> I can honestly feel his spirit, man. He was just like, he was just showing me, like, visually just showing me, man. He was showing me the situation that I was in and where I could be if I keep on with my actions and my stupidity. Then they also showed me, on the other hand, what I left. You know what I'm saying? My family, my kids, you know what I'm saying? My livelihood. So he actually told me to make a choice. So I had to make a choice. Do I still want to be have be thuggish? Do I want to continue to go to jail? Because this, this was going to be my future. Like, in jail for the rest of your life, this is going to be your future if you Keep on with your, with your foolishness. So I just had to make a choice, man. My kids was getting older. My son was uh, in middle school. And I just left him, man. Behind st stupidity, man. I just, I know what it feel like to be raised up without a father. I just couldn't do that to my kids. My bad, man. No, no. Hey, it's that that shows your your love for your family. No, I just couldn't do that to my kids, man, because they ain't asked to be here. 
And if I, uh, if I want to change my way, I can see my son going out the same, same path, man. You know, growing up, growing up in Shreveport, man, this, we're from the drugs, from the gang violence, man, from the police, hookers, all this, man, all, all these obstacles, man. It was, it was, it was kind of rough, man. So when I had kids, man, I just refused to have my kids brought up the way that I was. You know what I'm saying? I wanted something better for them. So we ended up moving the house, man. And I, I say, I still say that was the best move that we made moving out there because I just ain't want my kids to be raised, raised like I was, man. It was, nah. Yeah, and your kids are great. Man, hey, I'm, thank you, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful and so grateful that God gave me a second chance, or a third, fourth chance, man. You know? It's like all the time, I'm, the times I missed out with my son, and Samaya, she the first time she wasn't even born, man. But all the time I missed out with these, bro. I, mm, it's like God gave me a second, another opportunity, man. No, it's true. Cause he worked with me now. This is like one of the greatest things ever do. Yeah, you missed some time out with kids, but now, now you work with your son. Yeah, I, I get it. And you love it. I love it, man. Yeah. We cuss up all day. Yeah. I'm sure he's a lot of fun to work yeah, with. Yeah, he is, man. Yeah. A small, talented little dude, too, man. I do want him to know, though, that he is terrible at basketball. Yeah, man, you better leave my boy alone, <laughs> man. <laughs> I just, one of my favorite Dez memories that I have mm-hmm. is from high school camp. I think it was last year. Maybe it was the year before last. Him, he had some friends that came with him, and they were just talking smack that they were going to run that court because they have a basketball tournament at camp every Ooh, year. Tell me about this one right here. Oh, gosh. I laughed hard. So they were just – they were like – because, you know, they were like, man, we're from Shreveport. We're going to run this court. We've been playing ball. I play, play ball for high school. You know, I'm a senior. Oh, he All ga- this he's stuff. gassing it up, huh? And they lost in the first round. Literally Ooh. got out there, and they got smoked. Oh. <laughs> they didn't make it. You wait till I see the him. first game. They didn't make it past the first game. Oh, dude. Oh, I laughed hard on Come that. Come on, man. <laughs> I thought we taught them better than that. Oh gosh, but I mean, I think they there were some ringers in there. I mean, there were some kids because it's it's a huge camp. There's right. it's big stuff down in Florida, and there's kids from everywhere. So. I think they were just coming in a little too overconfident. You got to tone it down, see? Yeah. Look at the lay of the land yeah. first. Oh, gosh, that was funny. Look at the lay of the land first. <laughs> and then you – but you do play basketball pretty well. Yeah, I still play a little bit. Yeah. Then And and we went over it last time, but I want to go over it again so people can hear. Did Justin beat you or did you beat Justin? Justin beat me, man. I'm going to tell the truth. He got me this game, man. But I think he uh, all my shots that I had hooked up though, man. I think he edited all that out, man. I, I think he was trying to make himself look yeah, cause, too smooth. Cause he did look look good in the video. Oh, he can shoot though. I ain't gonna take that from him. He can shoot. He can shoot. I put him on my team. He ain't good for about two uh two three minutes. <laughs> but I I put him on the team with me. 
I'm good for about two or three seconds, and then I'm winning. All I need you to do is just sit right there by the 15-footer. I'll just toss it to you. Just throw it on up there. We end up, baby. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, but but going back to, to Dez, so it's, it's and Samaya, both your children. Mm-hmm. So now, like, so going back to what we were talking about earlier, because I don't want to get you emotional again. But so now it's it's super. So what you're saying is is it's super important that you now get to fill in those years that you missed. That's right. Good. You know, a lot of time. So I had my kids before I was grown. So a lot of times, man, you could just talk the talk. You know what I'm saying? You can talk, but your your walk ain't lining up with with what you're saying. So for a little while, that's all I was doing was just talking. You know what I mean? Until I sat down and really thought about what I was doing and the things that I was doing and the people that I was affecting. So I had to put my, my walk and talk together. So that way when he see me, he know I ain't just talking. You know what I'm saying? Or she see me, I ain't just talking. I'm talking and I'm walking the walk. So the same thing that I'm talking about, I'm doing. You know what I mean? And stay your ass out of trouble. Say, man, go over here and do what you say. What you gonna say? Do what you say you gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Had that integrity about yourself. Things like that, man. You got to walk the walk and talk the talk because it's easy to say something. But what you're saying ain't lining up with, with what you're doing. You know, it's almost kind of hypocritical. So if I don't talk the talk and walk the walk, he going to look at me. They going to look at me strange. You know what I mean? Dad is telling us one thing, but see, he doing this right here. So what they give them the notion to do? Do whatever they want to do. You doing whatever you want to do. Kids will do that to you in a minute, man. Well, you, you, you did it. You know what I mean? So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, you know what I'm saying, as a father, and you saying what I'm supposed to do, you can't never tell me, hey, this right here. But I try to keep it 100 with my kids, man. And that's from everything, man. They know I've been to prison. They know about my bad, my bad ways. But I had to straighten up so you won't – do the, them bad things. You won't follow down the, the wrong path. You know what I'm saying? You got to get around, around the, the right people. You know what I mean? Because it's easy to be influenced, man. Especially if you if you don't have a father figure or, or, or somebody older telling you the right things to do, man. It's easy to fall in line with somebody else. It's easy. I can, I can hang around you, man. <laughs> And say I work around you two, three years. No matter what you do, if I'm hanging around you, no matter what you do, man, at some point, I'm going to pick up some of your habits. If it's bad or if it's good. Because I'm, I'm, I'm around you just like I'm around my family. My job is my second family. So if I'm around you and if you're doing negative things, if my mind ain't there, I'm going to slowly graduate and I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to start doing what you do. You know what I mean? But if I'm around you and you're doing good things, I'm going to do them good things too. You know what I mean? People, it's easy to be manipulated and and be influenced around the wrong people if ain't nobody, if there's nobody telling you the right thing to do. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of us lost out here, man, because we don't have no teachers. We don't have no teachers. All the big mamas and pawpaws, man, they, they gone. So that I say the average mama, 35, 
You know what I'm saying? So ain't nobody really teaching nobody nothing, man. You got had the had the kids now don't even know how to boil water, man. They can't say let's cook, can't fry an egg, cause ain't nobody teaching nobody. If I'm stuck in a situation where all I see is drug dealers, gang bangers, prostitutes, uh, just negative, I step outside and that's all I see. Eventually, man, if I ain't if I don't have nobody in my corner pushing me, telling me, hey man, you better than that, hey man. Uh, let's go over here and do this right here to get get my mind to get me out that environment. That's that's who I'm gonna be like. You know what I mean? That's that's who you gonna end up being like, right or wrong. So, who in your life was that positive voice, or or did you even have that? Man, I had I had uncles, but like I said, when you young, say when you young, you. You hear what they saying, but you ain't hearing what they saying. It's like it's going out, out one ear and out the other. You know what I mean? But after you file and bump your head so long, if you if you was really listening, all them teachers gonna come back to you, man. If it's bad or if it's good. You know what I mean? So I just start reflecting on some of the things that some of my, my elders was telling me, like my grandma, my great-grandma, my mom, you know what I'm saying? When I was being hard-headed and being defiant, all those things started coming back to me, man, when I had to sit down and think. All those teachings started coming back to me, so I had to I had to walk the walk. I had to get my stuff together, man, so my kids can get their stuff together. Or say they won't fall into to them bag of tricks. Or, or fall for uh, what, what Ray Ray telling them on, on the corner or what Billy, little Billy them telling them at school. You know what I'm saying? Say, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. L- little Billy just made me laugh. <laughs> you so crazy. But, anyway, continue. But for real, man, if, I always say, Scott, everything started at home, man. If you're teaching your kids the right thing at home, man, nine times out of ten, bro, they're going to grow up and do the right thing. But if you're teaching your kids negativity, man, nine times out of ten, they're going to be some rotten little kids, man. You know what I'm saying? Apple don't fall far from the tree. I'm just so glad God gave me an opportunity to change. You know what I mean? So they can see something different. So let's, let's back up to something that you mentioned, talking about kids not being in boil water What's or up? fry egg. Because you <laughs> can cook. I can, I can cook a little bit, man. Yeah. So I hear. Brian Reed, by the way, is very upset. Well, you tell Mr. B. We're going to get a chance to get them things going, man. I ain't forgot <laughs> about it. Because you are famous for your fried pork chops. That's what I hear, man. Yeah. But also I understand that you actually want to use that skill, possibly, to help others. Yeah, if I can. I mean, I, I watched my mom for years, man. And honestly, I worked, man, in so many restaurants. You know what I mean? I started out washing dishes, went from washing dishes to cooking, but I always had that that feel for cooking because I, I watched my mom for years cook, man. And so it's it almost like it came natural. Like, you know, I ain't no, no chef or anything like that, man, but I can go in there and make something help. So so how would, how would you want to use that skill to help others, you know, that may be in the, in the same path that you were? What you talking about, cooking? Yeah, cooking. Because we, we've talked about that there, there may be an opportunity for you 
to where you could transition into that, where you could maybe. Man, honestly, that would be awesome. Because this one thing, man, I don't care who you are, man, food bring people together, man. You feel me? Yeah. And if, and I was always taught now, and I learned that I had a time as a devil playground. So if you can take some of these kids that's in the inner city that's in trouble or whatever, and, and you give them a skill or teach them a skill, they have a better opportunity. Or give them something forward to look to. You know what I'm saying? And we'll, they'll have a better opportunity besides being a game banger or a dope dealer. You know what I'm saying? Because like, like when we was in school, man, I can never say in elementary school, they used to teach us homemade wood shop cooking, how to sew. You know what I'm saying? They, they taught us all that. But today they don't have none of them things, man. You know what I'm saying? Kid can't even build a, a, a frame. You know what I mean? It, it's just if you can, if we could, and, and Justin and you, y'all was talking about that, man, I'd be honored, man, if I can. Help somebody not to go down the wrong path. And not only that, man, get closer to God, but also learn to trade as well, man. That would be awesome, man. And just think I have a part in it, that I I help somebody along the way. You know how awesome that would be, man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I I obviously love to eat. I mean, that's Me too. I might don't look like it, but I do, baby. (laughs) But, I, I mean, I love to cook too, so I think that's a great and and that is true because like when I think about it, when you sit around a table mm-hmm. with people, and you're eating, and especially if you're from diverse backgrounds or if right. you're of a different color or whatever, that the the food tends to be the icebreaker. That's it, man. And for whatever reason, especially if it's good food, That's if it's right. bad food, it's probably not going to go so well. But if it's good food, for whatever reason, that breaks down that barrier. And it, Break down everything, don't it? Yeah. And pe- people start socializing. They get to talking more. I don't care what color you are. You black, orange, green, or purple. You put a plate in front of them and you're good, man. Somebody going to be doing some chaff. Right. That's right. Yeah. And what what was the term you used? Uh, chirping. That's what it was. Yeah, chirping. Yeah. That's a lot of talking, though. <laughs> <laughs> man, you so crazy, man. I'm not <sighs> Okay, I just I just couldn't remember the chirping. Yeah, chirping a lot of talking. Yeah, man. a lot of Doing talking. A lot of talking, man. You know, a lot yeah. of chirping over there, man. So, what is as we come to the end here? Mm-hmm. What is something that you want the people out there who are going to listen to this, the simple church people, the people that have interacted with you, coming through the door as a greeter? What do you want them to know from you? I'm just me, man. I'm just me, man. I mean, they must too know. I'm just me. Respect me, I'm going to respect you. I ain't going to say I love all people, but I love all people. I don't know if that make any sense to you. <laughs> I like but, it. But, but I do, you know what I'm saying? We all people, man. You know what I mean? We all people, bro. Yeah. And then also I just want the people out there to know from me. Mm-hmm. That you won't go but ankle deep in the ocean. That's it, man. I ain't got That's why they call you ankle deep. I don't do uh, water good to look at, man. But I can't <laughs> see. I can't. I don't know what's under there. I can swim like a fish, but I don't know what's under there, oh, man. Gosh, that makes me laugh. Well, thank you so much, Daryl, for joining just me. I hope it was good for you. Hey, man, it was awesome, man. Thank you for having me. Scott. No problem. And everyone out there, I hope you have a great day. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. <laughs>